Hey guys, this is Kelly. Due to some unforeseen circumstances, I've gone on maternity leave a bit early. The twins will be here any day now. For the next few weeks, it will be challenging to come up with a new podcast episode every week, so we're going to be sprinkling in a few oldies but goodies here and there. I'm looking forward to getting back to normal and bringing you new content every week, but for now, enjoy one of my favorite oldies. Welcome to episode seven of Not Another Anxiety Show. I'm your host, Kelly Walker. And per usual, I have my lovely co-host, Erica Latham from so The lovely. Baby. So lovely. So beautiful and lovely. Charming. I should use ladylike. that. Ladylike. So ladylike charming. and charming. Those are much better adjectives. Okay. The lovely right. and charming Erica mm. Latham from thebabybroad.com. And I just wanted to put a put a little something out there. Make sure to check out her website because she has amazingly insightful yet highly entertaining blog entries. Her writing's great and it really applies to anyone that's human. It's not just for, you know, new moms or or new families. It's for everyone. It's true. Thank you. It's true. So good morning, Erica. How are you doing today? Good morning. Good. Great. It's fall. It's fine. I know. I love fall. I love fall so much. Pumpkin everything. Every single thing. All the scarves. I can cover all my chins. <laughs> I can wear all the hoodies on earth. Did, did I tell you about that um, YouTube video I recorded with a scarf on and someone said, that scarf is total BS. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I would have well, cried if I didn't find it so funny. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I guess it is a little much, that scarf, this big, fluffy infinity <laughs> scarf. <laughs> was it a man or a woman? Uh, I think it was a man, if I had to well, guess. They what do they know? Yeah, what do they know about funny, fashion? <laughs> oh, please make another video and please wear something that I can comment on and just say something really awful. I will. That's, that's terrible. I really, I would have cried if it just wasn't so funny. <laughs> that is really funny. Like, that's the thing that they're upset about? All yeah. That? Hey. scarf? Yeah, exactly. At least it wasn't a dig at my content. It was just it was just that scarf. It was really getting to them, I guess. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Huh. So right. for today's episode, we're going to be touching on a handful of the most common physical anxiety symptoms. Yes. Yes. Our favorite, right? We know this oh, all too well. <laughs> yeah. It's a, I wish that all of the podcasts were about this. It's the only thing I know. <laughs> So yeah, we'll we'll touch on, we'll get into a little detail about some of these, again, just a handful of common physical symptoms. I think there's a list of of a hundred in, in reality, and we just, for the purposes of time, obviously we're not going to go through every single one, but we'll talk about each one, why it's there, some tricks and tips that helped us find a little bit of relief. Um, so ready to jump in and talk to thousands of people about how sweaty we get when we're anxious? <sighs> <laughs> I'm sweaty right now. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so starting with a little biology 101, hang with me here for just a minute. It'll go a long way. When we're feeling anxious, worried, or, you know, downright terrified, our body automatically releases stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline. You've all heard of those. Um, to give us the energy we need to fight or flee from a potential danger, right? Hence the name fight or flight response. And Episode two goes into a lot of detail, the one that I'm solo in, 
about what the fight or flight response is and how it plays a crucial role in our survival. So you can always pause here, take a listen to that episode if you haven't already before continuing on with this one. Otherwise, this train is is moving on. So it's moving on. We're, like, we're going. Like it or not. Like it or not, this train's moving on. Learning's exciting. Um, so anxiety causes stress hormones to enter the bloodstream where they travel to targeted spots in the body to bring about specific emergency response changes. And these changes, as awful as they feel, prepare the body for immediate action. So keep in mind, you know, we're only talking about the physical changes that happen in this episode, but mental and emotional changes happen as well. And yeah, yeah. and and I think that could probably be its own episode, don't you think? Like, the kind of the thoughts that oh. come about, the emotional state that comes about, that's probably an episode or two. All uh, of several, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, easily. Totally be its own thing. So again, for the purpose of time, we'll just talk about the most common physical changes that happen when we're anxious. And while some of these changes can be really uncomfortable and downright scary, they are not dangerous. And I'm going to like say that five more times because... Sometimes it takes hearing it a few times to get that these symptoms and sensations are not dangerous and are actually beneficial when faced with a legitimate danger. I needed to hear that a million times, months. Yeah. 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 And to really see it. And and we'll kind of talk about this, I'm sure, but to really see one of those terrifying sensations come upon you and then let it pass and really let it pass and that you're fine. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. There's nothing better to see. It is. I think we're so not used to kind of riding the symptom out without like resisting it or monitoring it or mm-hmm. pulling back because of it. We don't get the chance to see that oh, you know, it is okay. We always take some sort of action and it creates this false belief like oh, see? That was a really close call. Man, I I almost threw up, but I got out of that room and I was fine. So I better make sure I get out of the room every time I feel that way. Yeah. Well, the last podcast we did talked all about our, our beliefs that we, we have this ingrained in our head. You know, this thing means this and that's all it means. And, you know, so react this way. Yeah, exactly. So basically the idea behind this episode is to take away some of the concern and fear around the physical anxiety symptoms, because they often do come with a lot of fear and anticipation. And it's because we often worry about the symptoms and we worry about their cause, which of course leads to tension and anxiety, which leads to more anxiety symptoms, which leads to more anxiety and so on and so on, which this can obviously feel like a never ending rotary. So hopefully today's episode makes it a little easier to take an exit off that rotary. (laughs) Yeah. And I would like to plug you and say, if you haven't gone and watched Kelly's video on the anxiety cycle on the YouTubes, get the YouTubes, kids, go to the YouTubes, (laughs) (laughs) go to the interwebs, (laughs) go to the interwebs and go to the www. It, it, that anxiety cycle helps me immensely. Immensely. Yeah. Helps us, helps us exit that Oh, so fun merry-go-round that can be anxiety. Yeah. So yeah, let's start with um, my favorite anxiety symptom, and I think your favorite too, Erica. You say heart stuff. I am. Yes. <laughs> Soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> Marry me. Uh, yeah, heart stuff was the oof, the very sweaty, scary thing that 
got me, got my attention. And that's the point of all of these. It's to get your attention, I, right? That's the way, the way I look at, it. I think you agree with me or maybe I agree with you. I'd let's I'll you agree with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else who, who studies this, I, the point of these symptoms is to get your attention. Something is happening in your body. You're, you're stressed or it's, you know, some, something's happening, but it's not necessarily dangerous. Sinister. Or what it is. Yeah. Like, right. Yeah, sinister or not sinister. It just means maybe you need to slow down a little, you know, or maybe you're wound up about whatever, you know, but it, it doesn't, that's the thing I didn't under, I, I couldn't get it through my thick skull, but I, I feel this, this actually, it is pain. It really hurts or it's yeah. really, it's a skipped heartbeat, which you, yeah. or palpitations. Explain. Yeah. Palpitation. Like, or the really hard heartbeats or the really fast heartbeats Oof. or hearing your pulse in your ear. Oh yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. And no, you're right. It's, it's such a, this stress response is such a physiological experience. It's hard to really, it was hard for me to get it through my thick skull too, that this really is just from getting caught in the anxiety cycle, not something more dangerous or sinister, like a heart attack. And, you know, it's, it's no wonder we confuse it because these physical symptoms we're experiencing, we're taught from a young age, like these are the signs of a heart attack. And very quickly in that panicked, anxious place, you're like, oh my gosh, my chest is tight. My heart's beating really fast. I'm a little nauseous. What is that? Mm. Oh no, it's, it's, it's a heart attack. So, you know, it's not all that bananas that we make that guess. It's just, again, based on information we've acquired over the years. But what's really going on here is you have a strong, hardworking heart. This is good. If a saber tooth cat is chasing you, because a good, hardworking heart means more blood, more oxygen, and more energy to those big leg muscles so that you can get the hell out of there. So this, as uncomfortable as this fast-beating heart or hard-beating heart or skipped beats, or, which are actually extra beats. Um, yeah, you, go, you told me that, and yeah. I didn't believe you, like everything I didn't believe you yeah. say, but that's really true, I yep. guess. Look at that. Your, huh. your heart's just trying to sneak in some extra beats so that it can be more yeah. efficient and work harder to get you out of there. So again, probably like me, you paid a lot of attention, right? To these symptoms, you know, at first, these heart sensations, these heart symptoms. But did you notice as you got less concerned with them and monitoring them that they would kind of disappear a little quicker? Are you kidding me? Do you know where the, I think I, I might've mentioned this before on the podcast, but the safest I ever felt and the calmest I, I felt ever during this period of time of, of crazy physical sensa sensations was at my cardiologist. Yeah. <laughs> where I, I would have like a hundred thousand skipped, missed extra heartbeats, all the palpitations on earth. Clearly I needed a heart transplant and I'm not kidding. Like I really thought me too. something's amiss. I have oh, AFib. I must I need a surgery of some kind. And then I would get to the cardiologist and they were they would look at me like, you are surprisingly healthy. Like, you know, <laughs> wanting to sketch my heart. I, like, you, you are the heart of the month. And and it was, I'd be mad, like, no, 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 you need to come with me at home when I'm scared in the dark. <laughs> you know, no, 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 just come, come to my work where I'm stressed out. And it, that's when it finally started to make sense for me. Like, oh, well, maybe this isn't quite as real as I thought. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah the, that's, um. I used to be really preoccupied with assuming that I had some autoimmune disease, like multiple sclerosis. Oh. And Andy would be like, my husband would be like, 
is this like a magical case of disappearing, reappearing? Like in the morning, it bothers you and in the evening. And I'm like, thanks for the sarcasm, Andy. It's true. that If you can laugh about it at some point. Humor, it does. Yeah. It, it helps, you know, and, and it's true. If you, if you, any of these, all of these symptoms are connected, first of all. And I, I think, I don't know, you probably disagree, but I, they, you can have all of them or one of them or none of them. And, yeah. Oh, and no, absolutely. All, yeah. But, you know, if you have the tingling arm or the t- chest issues, you know, and it goes away at night, if you if like for me, I would I would constantly want to nap. I feel better when I nap. And it took such a long time to break into my head. Like, well, I if I was having a heart, att- I can't have a heart attack all day. I don't think, right? don't <laughs> yeah. tell me, actually, actually don't tell me. Don't tell me. <laughs> right. And if I'm not having a heart attack in my sleep and I feel better when I wake up, uh, maybe it's not quite, you know, maybe this really is something I can work on in other ways. Right. No. And, and again, it's, this is why we all get pulled in by those physical sensations because they are really intense. They're intense. Oh my um, God, yes. And so heart sensations, I know that's our personal favorite, but I know you had some issues like me with uh, also the digestive upset, right? A That's bit. a nice way to put it. That's a delicate ladylike way to put it. I, mean, I, I won't say what I said to you when you asked me my sensations. It involves some asterisks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The, the, can we say nervous, nervous poos? Yeah. You Is can, you thing? can say poos. Poos. <laughs> or even, poos. you know what? I didn't, IBS. Yeah, no, uh, absolutely. Yeah, it does. I mean, IBS is definitely a symptom of How many of anxiety. people are diagnosed with IBS that probably just are really stressed out or really anxious? For sure. You know, um, oh, my heartburn. Holy cow. I know when I'm stressed out because I that I have heartburn, like nobody's business. Yeah, no, me, no, me too. That was one of my big things. And obviously, it's because when we're anxious, the non-essential functions like digestion, believe it or not, I think it's pretty essential, but apparently our <laughs> bodies do not. But um, it doesn't matter. The, the, yeah. the, the thing about anxiety that fascinates me or, or a stress response anyway that fascinates me is that it truly, like you said, it's truly there to defend you when you're being chased by a bear or a saber-toothed cat or whatever, you know? Yeah, it um, is. Absolutely. And it, it's supposed to be there for 30 seconds or an hour. And we do this. We live our stress. Re- what is oh, what is my girlfriend and life partner, Brene Brown, say? Um, living stress as a status symbol? Is that what she says? Yeah. We live or our like busyness as a, as a badge. Or I think she says that yeah, too. I think something, she, yeah. I think something along those lines. All of that. We, we think the busier we are and the more stressed out we are. And how many people get in the elevator and say, oh, I worked 16 hours yesterday. And it's like, what do you, you get a high five. No wonder you have heartburn. No wonder your digestion doesn't work because it, your body constantly thinks that you're being chased by a tiger. Yeah. Our brains are kind of dumb. They're stuck in the stone ages. That part of our brain anyway. Yeah. Yeah. You the, know what we call the lizard brain. <laughs> it's 2016. We put a man on the moon. I know. I hope the next phase of evolution focuses a whole lot less <laughs> on surviving and maybe a little more thriving. You know, these outdated right. fear responses. Uh, but- did you know that's my company's? my company, me, I'm my own company, that my logo on my baby broad thing. Is I don't did just... know that. Maybe I subconsciously, Girl. yeah, I subconsciously stole that and inserted yeah. it right there. We should have a podcast together. We should, we um, should, do, we should do a podcast. Anyway, I get, I get jazzed about this stress response. I, hearing you talk about it, I've heard a few other people talk about it, you know, the, oh, I, so digestion will slow down because it doesn't matter. Oh, not slow down. It evacuates sometimes. Right. 
people um, get nauseous or throw up before, if they get really nervous or feel like they're going to throw up. No, not usually, but right. throw up because I know it's very rare that people actually throw actually up, throw believe up. it or not, and then but it sure feels like it. And then, yeah, yeah, I mean, it sure feels like it. And it it's just because there's no blood going to your digestive system when we're anxious, right? Yeah. It goes to our legs so we can run or our arms so we can, you know, punch or fight or whatever. And, <laughs> and so there's no blood flow to our, di- our digestive tract. And when that happens, it means everything stops. It ceases. So as Claire Weeks, again, so delicately puts it, you may feel the uh, <laughs> urge to retire to the bathroom. She is delicate. <laughs> are you, are where does she want to I know. So delicate. <laughs> um, or really nauseous, or like you said, heartburn was a big thing for me. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't know if you have tricks or tips here, like mostly when I stopped kind of monitoring or obsessing or uh, watching the digestive upset, it would naturally fall away. But sometimes I would like have some peppermint tea or ginger chews. I'd have smaller, more frequent meals if my stomach was just in that like, yeah, ugh place. And I mean, I even ended up talking to my doctor, that's always something worth doing. If a symptom is really interfering, like I had the worst acid reflux, I like couldn't even lean over. And he was like, Hey, you know, just while you're working toward like addressing and moving past your anxiety, you you can take this and and it helped a lot. You know, of course, it, it helped a lot. But keeping in mind, these right are all symptoms of the stress response. So as we learn how to get out of this chronic state of stress, or get out of this living anxiously habit, these symptoms fall away with it. They fall away with it. Yeah. I, my biggest, the biggest help I think for me was when I realized that this was anxiety. Yeah. And I started to talk to you, you gave me that permission. And I think you and I both would give everybody listening the permission, deal with your anxiety. Absolutely. But you don't have to be a martyr. Take right. care of your <laughs> yes. symptom too. Yes. Taking the, so I had, um, my, uh, well, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but I, I would have like a jumpy esophagus and it, and it go, kind of goes back to digestion. Like it, things just weren't processing, yeah. you know? So it felt like, it felt like a palpitation, but it was really just my gut. Like a spasm. You know? Yeah. A spasm. Exactly. Yep. And so I thought I had GERD or, you know, some, what name a thing, I name a thing. I thought I had it at one point, yeah. but, um, I took a, a, a Beano or something, a gas X and it, like it took me months though. It took me months of talking to you. And finally you were, you just said, you don't have to be a martyr about this. Yeah. You can support yourself while you address the anxiety. It gives us a little bit of space and yeah, resiliency. So taking care of the symptoms. So if you have bad acid reflux or bad heartburn, take an antacid maybe, or or a more natural method, you know, there's a million of them out there on the interwebs. Diet, right? Like kind of cutting back on caffeine or really fatty Mm -hmm. foods that always... Don't that always does it. Touch my fatty foods. Fatty foods. <laughs> um, fatty foods. Caffe- yeah, caffeine gives me. I had tea last night with caffeine. Kelly Walker. I. Oh my goodness! You had, had caffeine. Tea with caffeine. Look and at you. I had indigestion all night. So thank you <laughs> for pushing me outside of my comfort zone. But uh, so now today, I'll, I'll cut that. You know, if I have tea with caffeine, I'll have it during the day and not right before I go to bed. Yeah, at night. What are you, bananas? <laughs> I know. I know. I don't. Yes. Yes, I am. I'm sensitive but, um, to caffeine. I would deep, never dare. For me, it. you're not a deep breather. If I feel like my stomach's upset or something feels really tight or I feel, you know, palpitation or some kind of weird symptom, I go back to the basics of am I, is my entire body clenched right now? Sure. Like my entire yeah. body clenched. 
And I just sort of loosen my diaphragm a little and letting that like have a nice, big, deep breath for me in this period of my, you know, let's not call it recovery, but in this stage of my understanding of anxiety and stress, for me, that unloosens my little guts. It tells my vagus nerve I'm okay. Yeah. You know, in addition to. Right. And I was going to say, same with like, that applies to the heart sensations too. I mean, I'm a deep breather now. When I was really in the thick of it, it was hard for me to master. But now if I'm tense, I catch it so quick that it's not overwhelming. And I don't know who Mm -hmm. said it, but they're like, man, three deep breaths can really change everything. And if I just catch that, that tenseness in, in my stomach or my chest or whatever, and take a couple deep breaths, it, it does stimulate that relaxation response. Or if you can't do deep breathing, something that worked for me, um, when my heart rate was just really quick and really uncomfortable was doing a little cough or like humming Mm. that like bearing down maneuver. Yeah. It can slow the heart rate down a little bit. So it it can interrupt it. It, it, it's and it's that that's the whole thing that's what you taught me yeah it's like your body is just a big old toddler and and you need to just put something shiny in its face go laugh <laughs> go you know um holding your breath sometimes um anything that can break that chain that thought exactly. chain or that that yeah. that sensation chain and and trick your brain into thinking oh wait weren't we just scared about something no okay and it moves on it really will move on if you let it yeah, really well. We play referee very innocently because it's so scary and horrible feeling the physical yeah. symptoms, especially of anxiety. We're like, what is that? What is going on? We're hyper vigilant, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. So just creating some space for these symptoms, how and it's trial and error, like what works for you. Um, and you mentioned yoga. So that's like a good one for this next sensation, which is muscle tightness. So mm. When we're anxious, we tighten our muscles because rigid muscles are stronger than relaxed muscles. And I always use this example. If someone punches you in the gut and you tense your muscles, it's not nearly as painful as it would be if they caught you off guard and your belly's all hanging out and relaxed, right? Like a rigid... Is the myth of how Houdini died? Are we... Maybe we shouldn't talk about this. <laughs> I don't even know. If somebody punched him in the gut and he was not paying attention, or who knows? Delete this. Forget do you it. Know, do you know that's funny? I think my husband... So it was just perusing wiki the other day, Wikipedia, because that's what he does for fun, and <laughs> shared that with me. Small world. Andy. Small world. So, yeah. And, I mean, we, depending on who we are, whatever's, whatever is personal to us, some of us kind of tense our chest muscles, our neck muscles, our jaw muscles, sometimes mm-hmm. all of them. And, obviously, that leads to feelings of chest tightness, a close cousin of heart symptoms, headaches and jaw pain and and aches, right? Headaches were I, how many Advil did I take during a stressful time at work right before I started suffering some, some nasty panic attacks, the worst headaches, jaw pain, because I would clench my teeth at night. Yeah. Something that blew my mind that I had no idea until after I, I started dealing with panic attacks was um, my ribs would ache like crazy Yeah, mm-hmm. if I was super stressed. And even after the palpitations kind of went away and, you know, the kind of weirder sensations, which I didn't understand. I thought once I saw this, it would just stop. They can kind of linger on. I think that's worth noting. It's Things just don't necessarily go away. Right away, yeah. You just see them. And I can honestly say I, I haven't had a super scary sensation because I – like you said, you can kind of catch it sometimes. Yeah, when it's you can, building. You feel especially. that, yeah, when you, when that stress response is building, you can say, oh, wait. 
But if I did have something scary, yeah, I've had a, I don't know, you get aches and pains and it just, they don't matter as much as you think. But the achy ribs surprised me. And you were the one who told me, God bless you being a nurse, by the way, um, (laughs) that there are muscles in between your ribs. Yep. These little intercostal muscles, they're called. Same with your chest, little tiny accessory muscles in in our chest. And I guess we don't really think of that, you know, they're not very obvious. Um, but yeah, we, we tense them in the same way we tense our jaw or, or our shoulders or our neck. Yeah. I, you can't control them. I, so it just, it blows my mind that you can be so, you can be that tense that these muscles that you wouldn't have even known existed can ache. Can ache. Yeah. And like you mentioned, this is where like yoga or just some gentle stretching. Cause when we're when we're anxious or stressed, we like physically contract and like get smaller and hunch yeah. over and of course further tense these already tensed muscles. So something gentle like yoga, stretching, walking, whatever it might be, just laying on the floor sprawled out or like a warm mm-hmm. bath. I remember in the throes of my anxiety, someone like invited me into their hot tub, which was anxiety inducing in the first place. And I'm like, oh my God, that's <laughs> hot and sweaty. And I'm going to be able to do this for two minutes. And the funny thing is when I stepped out, I felt like jelly. I was like, is this what it feels like not to have sore muscles? This is wonderful. Like this is that amazing. When you really feel like calm. Yeah. Just like a day of like, oh, like I can still, it's still there to access. (laughs) This exists. Oh God. Uh, Yeah. The, you know what I like to do when I'm feeling like particularly hunched, you know, when you have that stressful day at work, Yes. I'll come home and I'll take a, like my sturdiest pillow. I'm single. So I have a I thousand thought you were going to say I go home and take a Xanax. <laughs> I take 46 Xanax. That's the only thing that cures anxiety. JK. Don't do that. Um, it doesn't act. You know what's funny? All of those medications. And I, I bet there's a million people out there that can attest to this. It doesn't take away your anxiety. It just sedates you. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't actually it do anything. It just knocks you out. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Or not even sometimes. Anyway, no, I'll take a sturdy. I'll take a big sturdy gin drink. Um, <laughs> no, a big sturdy pillow, and I'll put it sort of in between my shoulder blades, or just a, or a little under them, mm-hmm. and lay on it, and it opens up your chest. Oh, that sounds. And nice. you kind and you do it on your bed, even. You know, you don't have to be like a yoga master. Yoga turned. I wouldn't do yoga forever. Forever, I wouldn't do it. I, I was. In a moment of desperation, that's why I went. And I love it. It's really <laughs> lovely, actually. I'm terrible, horrible at it, but um, doesn't matter. But putting, for me, putting a pillow sort of in that area, it kind of arcs you back a little bit and it, it makes your chest open up and just breathe there for a few minutes. And it's nice. Read a book. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to try that just because I have right. crap posture. So I could, <laughs> I could stand to do that. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> My mom used to nag me daily about it. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like your mom nags you about a lot of stuff. Oh, gosh, yeah. Italian Catholic mom. Gotta love her. I did. I did read, side note, I did read this funny scientific article that moms that nagged their daughters, the daughters were more likely to be, like, successful in life, apparently. I was like, ah. Well, yeah, because they can't not be. Yeah. You just never There's unhear no- that voice again. It's just always there. <laughs> Don't you do that. <laughs> Stand Get up. up straight. Stand up straight. Don't call out yeah. sick. Why are you frowning? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So All I just right. had to share that. But, <laughs> you know, talk, just talking about like breath here, opening, opening our chest, 
our ability to like take that deep breath, expand our diaphragm. So a lot of anxiety symptoms are the result of hyperventilation. So when we're anxious and tense and stressed, we take shorter and shallower breaths because that breathing pattern allows us to take more breaths, which allows us to pull in more oxygen, more energy to fight or flee. So you can see how it would be beneficial if there was an actually dangerous situation. But when there's not an actual dangerous situation and we're not burning off that oxygen, it accumulates in our bloodstream, which of course is not dangerous, but it can lead to some uncomfortable sensations like lightheadedness, dizziness, and pins and needles in, in our extremities, like our feet, face, and hands. Yeah. Oh, tingly face. Yeah. That, lips, yeah, tingly face and lips. lips. Yeah. How long Pins was the text I sent you the other day about my symptoms when you thought I was going to give you like four or five? And I was like, yeah, wow. I was like, we can't do all these. <laughs> Get a pen. Sit down. But it's You're true. There's like pen. over a hundred symptoms well, or sensations. You know, it can be so whatever your body decides to do. I don't yeah. think it's limited even to that list of a hundred. No. And it's so nobody sat down and said, no, your tingling face doesn't count. Yeah. You know, or it's, it's not quite ears. right. It's, it's tingling, not pins and needles. No, that's not right. No, absolutely that's not. not right. No, that's not anxiety. You obviously have a brain tumor. No, <laughs> this is anxiety. No, it just, it depends. But yeah, that, and I think we mentioned this once before the, um, having too much, uh, is too much or just more oxygen that you necessarily need in your bloodstream I, that blew my mind yeah you're like Why what would, i feel like i can't get enough oxygen what do you mean yeah i, have too much? I feel yeah. like i can't breathe and you were like well actually because i'm a scientist nerd you're breathing um, too well <laughs> you're too, breathing too much so uh that oh we did talk about this the navy breath for me that's what helped if you breathe in for like a count of four you hold it for a hot second and then you breathe out for a little bit longer than you held it that gets more carbon dioxide into you and then it, it goes away pretty quickly. Yeah, it does. Or, I mean, that's why people breathe into a, uh, yeah. you always see in the movies, paper they breathe bag. into a brown paper bag when they're really stressed or anxious. And because it, it essentially does the same thing, you're rebreathing mm -hmm. your carbon dioxide. So it just, it regulates those oxygen and carbon dioxide levels in the blood. And of course, those uncomfortable feelings. Again, some of us get dizzy, which is more like the room spinning. Some of us get lightheaded, which is more like the feeling we get before we're going to faint, like where our, our vision might right. get a little blotchy. We might see those black specks um, or again, and or the, the pins and needles. So I always like to just add in here, fear of fainting is a really big thing for a lot of people, you, me, <laughs> pretty much, pretty much everyone. And when you're in this anxious place, passing out occurs from a drop in blood pressure. So like we talked about earlier with your heart, your heart's actually working harder. It's pumping more blood. So your blood pressure is naturally a bit higher. It's supposed to be when you're stressed or faced with a danger. So that lightheadedness you're feeling isn't really true lightheadedness. It's just the imbalance of the oxygen and carbon dioxide. And it's, it's like near impossible to pass out or faint in that situation because your blood pressure is actually too high. You're getting more than enough blood to your brain and passing out happens when we don't get enough blood to our brain. It was really annoying when I would bring up a symptom and you'd have some explanation. Yeah. And Eventually it starts to, to take away the fear a little bit, right? Like you did, you would kind of, and, and I hope people know we're not, we get silly and giggly because we've been through this and we, we know that you're okay. We know that we're okay these are, this feels really real. It is real and, and it is scary, but you're fine. It feels dangerous. Yeah. It, it feels, feels more dangerous. like a danger than a discomfort. And it should, that's the point of this part of your brain. Yeah. It that's, it's doing what it's supposed to. There's nothing wrong with 
the way your brain works. It just sort of needs a little bit of a fine tuning, needs a little oil change. Exactly. You know? We just shift our relationship a little bit with these, yeah. with these anxious kind of situations or feelings or moments. And before you know it, it doesn't feel all consuming and dangerous. It starts to feel like, you know, that annoying, nagging mother. <laughs> <laughs> like ah, oh, she's Aren't you here. Sure you need a coat? Yeah, it's <laughs> chilly. Or Cal, do you have a stomach ache? You you better have some. You should have ginger ale and cancer? saltines. Is it yeah, can't don't eat that thing. That's why you can't have the Indian food. That's why. Yeah. Oh my goodness! And but eventually, that does shift from feeling dangerous and overwhelming these uncomfortable sensations to. Again, annoying, that annoying, nagging mother that you still put up with and are kind to because what other choice do you have? <laughs> what other choice is there? And then she goes away. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so that's a little bit about all the sensations we can get from this this overbreathing. And like Erica said, 478 breathing, that, that Navy SEAL breathing or um, – breathing into a brown paper bag. For me, I had a really hard time with any of these things. So even even if nothing feels to be quote unquote working, your breathing is going to regulate itself. You are It's the right. first thing you're born knowing how to do. And it's the last thing that goes when, when you pass away. Like our body knows how sure. to breathe. It knows yeah. how to do it. Um, I never thought of it that way. Huh. Yeah. Our, I, our bodies are just tougher than we give them credit for. I know. Even, you know, we think, wow, the pain. I used to have the, the pain in my arm. When I get really stressed out, I get a pain in my arm and I, I, I thought it was carpal tunnel or I was having a heart attack or whatever. And I, it, that was, it was as simple as that. I have a pain. It must be blank. Or there are 7 billion nerves in your arm that you have all these muscles in between everything. You've got these, so much is happening. Your body doesn't have time to kill you over one tiny pain. You know, yes. it's, it's way tougher than you think. It, it just is. is. So much more resilient. And we forget that when we're in a sensitized state, we're more hyper aware of these sensations. And this is like yeah. a thinking bias. It can, um, like most people, if they're tired and they're walking up a hill, the, the hill appears larger and longer than it actually is. And, and that's the same here. When we're sensitized, suddenly we notice these physiological changes that happen when we're stressed. We're like overly hyper aware when in reality, like I always kind of like to throw this out there to people. If you are driving in your car and you have to slam on your brakes and have that adrenaline rush, we're usually a lot less concerned with like the physical symptoms that follow. You know, a lot of us have mm -hmm. like that kind of fight or flight response, like hangover for a couple minutes before we're back to baseline. But we don't get as preoccupied in that situation as we do when we're, say, sitting on the couch and suddenly our heart gets that skip a beat feeling or we start profusely sweating, which is another really wonderful, <laughs> beautiful <laughs> symptom, uh, another symptom of anxiety or a physical change that happens. And obviously, believe it or not, some people sweat, some people are freezing, and some people are both at the same time. So yeah, me, yeah, right yeah. Do you ever did you ever get like that sweaty core, like armpits, but really cold, clammy hands? At the same time? Do I ever not get that? That's a better question. <laughs> Name a time where I've actually sweat when I'm genuinely hot. It's no, it's always in the middle of winter. It's 46 degrees below zero in upstate New York. And I'm absolutely sweating profusely, but freezing. But yeah. freezing. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And it's, it sounds, uh, you know, like it's one or the other, but 
The cool thing is, again, when when your body is stressed or anxious, it's trying to divert that blood flow to like the big muscles, your core, you know, your legs, your upper arms. And that way, the parts of our body that are efficient in fighting or fleeing are, are getting all the energy and blood that they need. So in return, oftentimes blood is kind of pulled away from our extremities, like our hands or our face. That's why some people, God forbid, people used to tell me you look pale. That was like the bane of my existence. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean I look pale? Oh my God, I checked my lips in the mirror and it was a whole thing. It was a whole thing. I was, I, if I thought someone was going to say it, I'm like, don't even say it. Don't even get me going here. I was you like, look like you could faint. You could, exactly. I was like, don't even say the word pale. And my ever loving uh, husband. It is funny. We uh, talked about this, but the word fainting was bigger for you than it was for me. So big. Or the thought that it could even happen. Even the word faint for me, if anybody said, one time you told me to look up how the heart works. Yeah. Like just look it up. It's it's like surprising, you know, how interesting it is. And I couldn't, I like couldn't do, your brain will stop you from doing anything that it thinks will trigger a response. It's so wild yeah. what this will do. Yeah, that, that association game, right? Yeah. <laughs> At the anxious brain Which, place. By the way, everybody listening, every single person, pinky swear me right now that you will not get off of this and Google any of your symptoms. <laughs> yeah. Don't look up. The only thing you're allowed to do is look up my website and Kelly's website oh and the YouTube video of the anxiety cycle. And then maybe if you're feeling really spunky, maybe symptoms of anxiety, maybe, maybe and don't look up if you have stomach cancer. Cause you yeah. will, because WebMD has a pact with all of the, every doctor in the universe. I'm sure it's a conspiracy. Don't a just conspiracy. don't look up. You will get you will confirmation bias. We've talked about this. Yeah. You're gonna find the You're gonna that, find some kind of evidence that yeah. supports this fear or or belief and will exactly perpetuate it. But as a disclaimer, so no one can uh, sue yeah, us right, right. if don't consult you. WebMD, sue me, yeah. Don't consult WebMD <laughs> if you have new physical sensations or symptoms that you're yeah. concerned about. Of course, always consult with like your primary care provider. Just you know, to, to get those fears kind of alleviated, to get checked out, to do your due diligence. Absolutely. And they're going to be kinder than you think. And Nobody's going to laugh at you. Nobody's going to yeah. roll your, their eyes. Everybody gets stressed and everybody feels the stuff. Exactly. Go, go talk to somebody. That's yep. totally fine. And they'll and have more answers. Out, they, they're going to have so much. There's explanations. There's all kinds, but also deal with your stress and you'll be surprised at how much, how many sensations it eliminates. Yeah. And so I just had one more kind of funny physical symptom I wanted to Make share. It a if you, good one. If you, well, it might be the least exciting. Uh -huh. Sorry. I should have gone out on a bang. Um, <laughs> but this one is just kind of, uh, again, geeking out. I think it's a little cool. But sometimes we experience visual changes. Like, yes. Yeah. Oh, this is a good one. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. That makes me feel better. Oh, yeah. um, when we're anxious, part of that response includes pupil dilation. So you'll see... I remember when I was struggling with panic attacks and anxiety in high school, I went to my guidance counselor and he called my parents and said, I think Kelly is taking drugs. Her pupils were so dilated. I was like, awesome. I was so you, hurt. I know I was so hurt, but I had lost a bunch of weight from anxiety. My pupils were big and he just misinterpreted it. Um, oh, but that's what happens. Your pupils get huge so that they can let in more light more visual information yep. to better assess and respond to the environment. So 
That's why lights might feel like, ah, the sun, you know, oh, like a melting. Yeah, melting. I would say that we could throw in, in the same thing here, um, hearing, you know. At yeah, any, for sure. Any anything sense. where you could possibly be sensitized by something, loud noises, lights, um, smells, tastes. If you're in a sensitized state, you're a mess. Yeah, you're it does. Mess. It feels it. Yeah, everything is yeah. just... It's like a superpower. Suddenly you can like feel smells yeah. or hear tastes or it just. <laughs> Truly. It's, which, yeah. Yeah. You feel like your, your whole body's electric. Yeah. But the vision thing for me, my, my vision kind of narrows. Yeah, sure. Like, like, yep, like tunnel vision and like. Tunnel vision. You um, like memory problems. Name, name spatial, a thing. Kind of like spatial oh. awareness things sometimes. Yeah. Like the rearview mirror things are closer than they appear or farther or whatever <laughs> How many it is. things did you run into or bump into or drop things like losing muscle tone in your, I thought I had ALS. I, and I'm not kidding. Like that was, I looked that up. Like, do I have ALS? Cause I kept dropping things. I lost muscle tone in my hands and then they were tingly because I couldn't breathe. Holy yeah. cow. You're a mess. Yeah. And the, it's all the wobbly knees, <laughs> the wobbly yeah. knees, adrenaline. It just makes us shaky. It makes us feel unsteady. Yeah. And you don't have to have panic attacks to feel any of these either. No, no. You know, it's, this it's is a just spectrum. a normal, everybody, sure. everybody has their own stress. You know, Hey Bob, what's, you know, when you get stressed out, what happens? Oh, I get a headache or I, you know, yeah. I'm ravenous or I don't have, I'm not hungry at all. Or, you know, I get the nervous squirts and oh, <laughs> sorry, ladylike, just so like Claire Weeks. Delicate is delicate. what I am. You're so delicate. I'm a delicate lady. My dad will love that. He calls them the Hershey squirts. I'm like, dad, oh <laughs> God, he's going to love you. He's going to love this episode. <laughs> but talking about Visual changes, you know, something I never tried and I would just be interested to see if it works for other people. Like, I never thought to like close my eyes if I was overstimulated. And like our brain out of all of our senses, um, our visual cortex, what's responsible for seeing is like exponentially bigger than like our hearing or smelling or, or tasting. And I wonder what would happen. I, I can't say that ever even came to my mind. What happens if we gently close our eyes when we're feeling completely overwhelmed or, or sensitized? Well, yeah. It's an experiment. Well, you can't because you'll get dizzy and pass out. So no. Uh... <laughs> That's probably what I would have assumed. I would. <laughs> it's probably pretty hard to close our eyes in a situation like that. Letting go of control it doesn't come naturally. All you need, by the way, for, once you start to, to get into a rhythm of, of desensitizing your body if you need to, it eventually only takes a minute. I know. So, so when, fast. it's not like you or I are some like Zen monks, man. We get, no. I'm a mess most of the time. I'm stressed all the time. But now I can see it and, and I know what to do. And it takes way less time. I can just take a few deep breaths or. And it doesn't hijack you, know, you right? You don't end up in bed for three days not or. Yeah. No, right. But we, stress and anxiety are just going to happen. Yeah. Just going to happen. But, you know, I, I think we're talking about this soon. I'm, I'm taking a, a flight to Ireland and then Spain next week, actually. <laughs> and um, I'll let you know, because I guarantee I'll have all of the symptoms at once. Yeah, and which a lot of people do. I mean, a lot of people do when they're traveling or pushing up against their comfort zone. It is natural to feel this emotion like any other emotion yeah. from time to time. It, right. it won't always mean a lot of times when we're in the thick of anxiety, we assume that if it comes up, it's always going to equal some kind of spiral or being in bed for a few days or yeah. having to like call out from work or stopping our life. That That's not the case. Yeah. Uh, but the symptoms, 
for me are nowhere near what they were when I was in the real thick of it. But it doesn't mean, and I would say the same thing for you too, because, you know, I know your whole life, obviously, but I, you still get, you know, a stomach or, you know, whatever. Everybody does. So if you're listening to this and you go, I just want to be rid of these symptoms, man, we get that. Oh, that desperation. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah. We, we know that, but you may, once you start dealing with this, you're going to find some relief It'll happen again. You're going to be disappointed, and then you're going to start really dealing with it, and you'll feel a lot better. Yeah. But you, it, it's, it can feel like work sometimes to, you know, take the time to, to take care of yourself. Yeah. It gets easier. And to break that habit of, of living anxiously. And I definitely, yeah. from time to time, like, I will get, I mean, my husband has never struggled with anxiety, and he came home the other day just after crazy, he hates multitasking, and there's been a lot of multitasking <laughs> at work, and he's like, my chest is tight my like body is buzzing, you know, like Mm. he felt that. And I feel that sometimes too. Like when I, when I am on a flight during takeoff, like I, I feel tense, like my stomach is rumbling. I don't really want to eat anything right then. But again, it doesn't mean it'll always be as perpetual or constant or chronic as it feels during sensitization. Sometimes it can feel like all day, every day, these symptoms and sensations, but I promise it, it breaks. <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. And I know I, I remember Googling, <laughs> uh, you know, when it, this first started, you know, how long do these symptoms last? And some, some stupid website somewhere said, you know, the, the symptoms of anxiety, the physical symptoms of anxiety will only last 10 minutes and I would time them. That's dumb because <laughs> it could be. You know, you could feel like crap all day long. You could, especially at the beginning of this, you know, yeah. or or when you're really in the thick of that that story you're telling yourself. And it, yeah, it, it's going to last however long it lasts, but it does go away. Your body can't sustain it. It does. It and can't. then it's a lot less scary. Next time you get a nervous stomach ache, it won't always like, be, um, oh, no. You know, it'll just yeah. be kind of like when uh, you get the cold. Oh, I got the cold or, you know, whatever. When you're cold. tired, I'm tired. <laughs> the cold. The cold. The cold. You, do, you sound like what I would imagine your mom sounds like. You I got know. the cold. You got the cold. You got what's going around. Well, you shouldn't have had that Indian food. Like I told you not to. Did you wear a scarf? <laughs> did wear the did big you go out with your hair wet? I told Kelly, you not to go with one. hair wet. Wear the big scarf. No one will notice. <laughs> That's my mom. Can you be? Can you be my replacement, mom? <laughs> no problem. Thank you. I can sound like an Italian Long Island Catholic mom. No problem. Thank you. It's very comforting. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably driving everybody else crazy like oh my god that's so anxiety yeah, somebody, inducing somebody right California I'm like, mm, that has home. no accent is, yeah. yeah I'm like mm, well, I'm home all that nagging oh, I love it. oh all that yelling yeah. all that yelling yeah it's too quiet <laughs> so yeah I mean that's right that's pretty much our our episode here on common physical symptoms again yeah. probably experiencing some that aren't on this list you know this is just the most typical and keep in mind all these physical changes are exactly what's supposed to happen when you feel anxious or afraid. I know they're uncomfortable, but they're not dangerous. So do your best to practice making space for them, taking care of yourself, and of course, observing them from a non-judgmental kind of open, curious place instead of tensing against them or constantly monitoring them. So that's our episode. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please take a minute to write a review on iTunes so that we can reach and support more people. If you're looking for more resources like one-on-one coaching courses or have a question you'd like answered on the show, visit notanotheranxietyshow.com. And until next time, remember, be kind to yourself. 